I invite you to join me on an 11-week trip through the pages of the New Testament. Follow along with me as we hear the story of Jesus, the apostles, their writings, and that final great vision of John of the return of Jesus. You will understand the story of the New Testament and that it's still going on today and you have a part in it. So sign up today at theoutofzionshow.com. Request your New Testament reading guide. And I can't wait to get started. I'll see you then. Welcome to Walk Through the Bible, Susan Michaels' 12-month journey through the most exciting book on the planet. It will transform your life one page at a time. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes that will ignite your faith and bring your Bible to life. Now, let's join our host, Susan Michael. Hey there, and welcome to the Out of Zion podcast. Today, we are going to give you a brief summary of the Old Testament. Now, some of you may have just finished reading through the Old Testament on our year-long walk through the Bible, and you'd just like to hear an overview, a summary, a recap of what all that you just finished reading. Some of you are just starting to read with us starting in the New Testament, so you'd like to have a little review. What did you miss so far in the Old Testament? Someone else may have just come across this podcast and said, yeah, I want to know, what is in the Old Testament? What is a summary of the story of the Old Testament? So you have come to the right place. In just the next 15, maybe 20 minutes, I'm going to give you a summary and a recap of the amazing story of the Old Testament. It began in Genesis, of course, and we read in Genesis 1 through 11 how that man had fallen into sin and kept falling deeper and deeper into sin and into idolatry. And it was at that point that God announced his plan. He announced it to a man named Abram, who he promised that if you'll follow me, I will make you a great nation. I will give you a land and I will make your name great. And through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abraham was promised a land, a people, and a mission of world redemption. And we have the the story then of the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They end up being the 12 tribes of Israel. It, Genesis is full of wonderful stories of these patriarchs. But the descendants of Abraham, before they can become this great nation and inherit this land, they end up in slavery in Egypt. And so in the next book of the Bible, Exodus, we read about their slavery in Egypt and then how God raises up a man named Moses to speak to Pharaoh and God uses him to set the Israelites free. They are taken in a miraculous exodus out of Egypt, out of slavery, the crossing of the Red Sea, and now they are in the wilderness and God proposes marriage. Yes. He tells them, if you will be my people, you'll be my treasured people above all the peoples of the earth. But because I am a holy and righteous God, I need you to live a holy and righteous life. And so this is what's required. And he laid out the law, what we would call the commandments, what in English should be translated as 
the instruction. The law was given to instruct the people about this mighty holy God that they were about to enter into relationship with. And the people of Israel said, yes, we will do it. And so it's time now to enter the land of promise. And they send in the 12 spies to look out through the land. And of course, they come back and 10 of them do not have the faith in God to take the land. They say it's full of giants. It's going to be hard. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, with our God, we can do it. God is mighty and he is faithful. But the majority of the camp went with the 10 negative reports. And so this generation had to die out in the wilderness before it was time to enter the land because it required faith. And it required a faith in the God of Israel, not in themselves, but in their God, that he would deliver them. So we read now in the book of Deuteronomy how that Moses renewed the covenant, this marriage contract. He renewed it with a whole new generation of Israelites. He told them everything God had said to the previous generation, all the requirements, and they said, yes, we will do it. So Moses said, okay, Joshua is going to lead you. It is time for me to go on. And so Joshua leads the Israelites into the promised land. And we have a period now of what's called a tribal confederation, where the uh, 12, 12 tribes take over 12 different territories in the land. And I'm sure you've seen a map of this in the back of your Bible. And there was no central government or central leadership. There were a series of judges, and these judges were not uh, kings. They were not priests. They weren't even prophets. They really were just a leader. And sometimes they were a military leader that uh, led the people into victory over their enemies because they needed protection. Their territory needed pr protection. But it came to a point where the people of Israel said, you know, we want a king. And uh, the prophet Samuel at the time is the one that transitioned them from a tribal confederacy to a monarchy under King Saul. But Saul uh, rejected God and um, God rejected Saul. And so he was replaced with a man named David. Now, this, my friend, is really the highlight of the entire Old Testament. It's what's known as the Davidic kingdom. The people of Israel are at peace. They have a king with a heart after the Lord. He is securing their borders. He's enlarging their borders. It's a very peaceful, prosperous, strong time. Uh, for the people of Israel known as the Davidic kingdom. And so God makes a promise to David. Uh, David first comes to the Lord, says, you know, I want to build a house, a temple. And God said, wait a minute, did I ask you to build me a house? And he said, I'm going to build you a house, meaning a dynasty. And he promised David, he said, you are going to have a son, and he is going to establish your kingdom, your dynasty, and it'll be an everlasting dynasty. And even if your son should sin and I need to punish him, I still will not reject him like I rejected Saul. 
And so this is an amazing promise. This is known as the Davidic covenant, where God promises David an everlasting kingdom. So David has a son named Solomon. Solomon takes over the kingdom, and it looks like everything is going really well. But Solomon has a weakness, and he takes on a thousand wives. Yes, one thousand wives. Now, these women are, a lot of them are political alliances that Solomon makes with surrounding nations. There's just one problem with that. The surrounding nations are pagan. So these are pagan women that Solomon has brought into the kingdom, and with them comes the worship of their pagan god. And this is really the entrance of idolatry into the nation of Israel in a really devastating way. Honestly, the kingdom of David never recovers from this idolatry. And um, so now, because of this idolatry, and because God has promised David, I will not reject your son, the kingdom stays in place. But as soon as Solomon dies and his son, Rehoboam, takes the throne, then God brings judgment. And how does it come? In division. And the 10 of the 12 tribes actually form another kingdom under another king, and his name is Jeroboam. It's known as the northern kingdom of Israel. But Jeroboam, who's very jealous over Rehoboam because Rehoboam has the temple in Jerusalem in his kingdom, and Jeroboam is very afraid that the people of the north will go down to Jerusalem and they'll come under the leadership of his rival, Rehoboam. So Jeroboam sets up his own cultic places in the northern kingdom, one way up in the north in Dan and one down in the south of his kingdom at Bethel. And he sets up golden idols there, but he mixes the worship. He wants the people that worship the God of Israel to worship there, but he also wants the pagans to worship there. And there's a lot of pagans in the northern kingdom. So this idolatry that Solomon brought in continues in the northern kingdom of Israel until its fall. It's terrible idolatry in the northern kingdom. And uh, in this, and so in 722 BC, the Assyrian Empire comes in and takes the northern kingdom of Israel into exile. God had sent the prophets to warn of this. Hosea and Amos had warned of this, Elijah and Elisha. But the people did not heed, and so judgment came, and the northern kingdom fell, and the people went into exile. So now we have the southern kingdom of Judah, where the house of David is still on the throne. But they have good kings, and they have bad kings. They have seasons of great idolatry and seasons of less idolatry, but it's very hard to keep this kingdom headed in the right direction. And so uh, one of the kings there brings idolatry in, and um, even though that other kings came in and tried to clean it up, they didn't clean it up entirely. And so the prophet Isaiah and Jeremiah began to warn the southern kingdom that judgment was also going to come there. Jeremiah witnessed that 
uh, judgment when the Babylonian Empire came in, destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and took the people into exile. And Jeremiah had predicted the exile would only last 70 years, and so it did. And at the end of 70 years, what happened? The Babylonian Empire was judged, and it fell to the Persian Empire. And the king of Persia just had a completely different approach to the people, the captive peoples that he inherited from the Babylonians. And he said, you can go back and rebuild your temples. He had a a degree of respect there for the different gods throughout the kingdom. So the Jewish people were allowed to go back and to rebuild their temple. And we read about this in the book of Ezra. Now, it's a very hard thing to go back and rebuild a temple and rebuild a city from rubble. So God raised up the prophets of Haggai and Zechariah to encourage the people in the rebuilding of their temple and of their city. Uh, He brought Ezra uh, back with the exiles, and Ezra was a man of God. He loved the law. He was a relative of the former high priest in the temple that had been destroyed, and now the new high priest of the new temple being built was Ezra's relative. And so Ezra tried to bring religious reform to the people. And um, then eventually we had a third wave of exiles come back, and we read about this in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah brings them back to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. The temple has been rebuilt, but Jerusalem is still rubble. So he begins to build the walls of Jerusalem and inhabit Jerusalem again. Now, our Old Testament begins to come to an end here. And the exiles are back in the land. Um, They've been allowed to begin to rebuild. But it's a hard task, and it's not going so well. And even Nehemiah, he goes back to Persia, and then when he returns, he finds great sin in the camp. And the Old Testament sort of comes to an end here, saying that um, we're faced with the frailty of man. We're faced with this ongoing battle with sin, but it also ends with the wonderful promises in the book of Malachi, where the prophet predicts a day when God is going to send a messenger to go before him and to prepare the way for his coming. So we leave the Old Testament on a note of hope that God is going to come and he's going to restore his people and restore the right relationship with his people. So that is uh, the Old Testament overview. I want to sum it up now with just about two minutes. What's the summary of this story? That from the beginning, it was all about having relationship with his creature. God wanted relationship with man. He had created man. He had placed him in this beautiful Garden of Eden where they would fellowship with God. But man fell into sin and ruined it all. And so from that day forward, God had a plan. He was going to redeem mankind. But first, he had to have a people to work through. So he formed a people, the descendants of Abraham, that he was going to work through. And what did he do? He revealed himself to them. He 
revealed his character to them, his holiness, his righteousness, what it took to live in fellowship with him. And then he said, if you'll abide by these rules, and whenever you sin, this is the sacrifice you can make. There's an atonement that you can make. Then God came and dwelt in the midst of his people in the tabernacle. That was the whole point of the law and of the tabernacle, that the people would be holy and God could come and tabernacle with his people. And when they make it into the land, God chooses Jerusalem, and the temple is then built after that model of the tabernacle. It was the place where God would dwell, where his name would be, that he would tabernacle with his people, but their sins drove him away. And so he has a plan now to come as a prophet, as a man, as a messenger, as the Holy One, as he himself is going to come and pay the price for their sins. He's going to be the atoning sacrifice, and he's going to redeem mankind, and then he can put his Holy Spirit into them. All of this has been promised in the Old Testament. In Jeremiah and in Ezekiel, they promised that God was going to make a new covenant, an everlasting covenant with his people, with Israel and with Judah. He was going to cleanse them of their sins, and he was going to place the law within their heart, that they would be guided by the Holy Spirit to obey that law. And therefore, one day God will come and tabernacle with man. You and I now are in the middle of this story. God hasn't yet been able to come in his fullness and tabernacle with man, but we have been redeemed. Our sins have been forgiven. We are able to receive the Holy Spirit in our heart according to the new covenant, but we all look with great expectation to that final day when God will come and tabernacle with man. That is the message of the Old Testament and an introduction to the New. I hope that you'll join me back here in a few days when we begin our walk through the New Testament. If you haven't yet, please go to theoutofzionshow.com and download your New Testament reading guide. In the next 11 weeks, we're going to read through the story of the New Testament from beginning to end, and we're going to end with that glorious day when God will come to tabernacle with his people. So join us then, outofzionshow.com, download your New Testament reading guide, and we'll see you back here in a few days. God bless. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Out of Zion with Susan Michael. Be sure to subscribe to Out of Zion now on Apple Podcasts, cpnshows.com, YouTube, or wherever you like to listen and learn. Out of Zion with Susan Michael is a production of ICEJ USA, all rights reserved.